Amen. Hallelujah. Testing. Some of us don't like the snow, but I kind of do. Amen. I was, we were planning on uh, football yesterday a little bit earlier, and then uh, we saw the need to, shuff, to shovel some things out the way, and I was, uh, I was planning in my, in my mind to drown my kids in snow, but that didn't work out. The plan still stands, but now they know. <laughs> I want to uh, kind of went back into like when I was a kid. You know, you put their face in the snow, they get all red, they start crying. Ah. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was uh, speaking with a fellow pastor yesterday, and I was uh, kind of... Uh, we were going over some things, and I began to give him my idea, or my thought, pretty much, of what I've been praying about uh, preaching this morning, because I've seen that there's a lot of people that are so unsatisfied with their lives. There are so many people that are, you know, they're going through the course of life, and some people have plans and aspirations, and of course we know this to be true, but a lot of people are not happy with where they're at in their lives, whether it be financially, whether it be in their careers, uh, whatever it may be in their families, I don't know, but there are so many people that are unhappy. And this is why they go to other things in life. But I began to think about this, and the title of our sermon this morning is based on that thought, is what are you looking for? I want you to think about that for a second. What are you looking for? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33 says this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You know, God often allows the ungodly to amass great wealth to their destruction. But if you were one with whom God is dealing with, and if you put the pursuit of riches or anything else before the service of, the, the service of Christ, God may take away those riches and other things until you turn to him. There are many people that have put things before God, and they've, they've somehow uh, were able to get a certain amount, but then God said, no, I'm not going to share your heart with anything else. I'm going to take that away because I want you to face me. Some years ago, there's a man by the name of Donald Gray. He was counseling a young woman on the sidewalk in front of uh, their church after an evening service. She said uh, she was a Christian, as many people do. But she said, uh, she said I, want to, I want to follow Christ, but she also wanted to be famous. She wanted to pursue a stage career in New York, and uh, it goes on to say, after I made it in the theater, she said, I followed Christ. I'll f she said, after I make it in theater, then I'll follow Christ completely. How many have heard that? I'll give you a layman's term. I'll go to church whenever I get things ready, whenever I get my life right. How many have heard that? <laughs> and it never happens. Because the reality is you need Christ to get your life right. You can't do it on your own because if you could, you won't need Jesus. 
Amen. She said, after I pursue my career, then I'll completely give my heart to Christ. So here's the, the, the pastor. He took a key out of his pocket, and he scratched a mark on a postal box standing on the corner. He said this, that is what God will let you do. God will let you scratch the surface of success. And he will let you get close enough to the top to know what it is, but he will never allow you to have it because he will never let one of his children have anything rather than himself. You know, there are so many people that say, you know what, uh, 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 if I get this first, if I get that first, if I get this first, and they, for they forget about God, amen, and what begins to happen is as they forget about God, God begins to get very upset. Because you know, the Bible does says that he's a jealous God, right? People say, oh, you're not supposed to be jealous. Well, God is jealous for you. Amen. And he does not want to share you with anyone. Amen. I think that um, this thing is acting funny. So here it is. He goes on. Years later, he met the girl again, and she confessed that this had indeed been her life story. She dabbled on the stage once her pitch had been in a national magazine, but she never quite made it. She told the pastor, she said, I can't tell you how many times in my discouragement I've closed my eyes and seen you scratching on that postal box with your key. God let me scratch the edges, but he gave me nothing in place of himself. So the question I have for you this morning is what is it that you're really looking for? What is it? Are you looking for validation? Are you looking to fulfill a desire, a purpose, a career? Some people are looking for love. And we know the term, looking for love in all the wrong places. Some people are looking for happiness, something to believe in. Many people are looking for the meaning in life. Beloved, nothing, and I mean nothing, will ever fulfill the heart by fulfilling God's purpose and meaning for your life. You could be as successful as you think you need to be, but you'll never be happy where you're at unless God's involved completely. I want to first speak about all the wrong places uh, that build worry. See, beloved, validation, desires, purpose, careers, happiness, and so on, the unsaved are looking for the same things that we're looking for. We all acquire. That's why you can speak to someone that's not saved about these things, and they will agree with you. They will say things like, man, we're on the same page. The Bible tells us that the Gentiles seek for the same things that we desire at times, right? The Word of God says don't worry about what you will wear, what you eat, the necessities of life. These come with working and acquiring, and many are seeking for these things yet without God. Many know that saying, right, like I just mentioned, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, but, beloved, people, as, as we can agree, they put their trust also in the wrong places. They put their trust in their careers. They put their trust uh, in some, even family members. You put it in all the wrong places when it's supposed to be solely on God. Because how many we can agree family let us down too? Come on, somebody, listen to me. Family will let us down as well. Today, people search for the material things to make them happy. 
They believe that everything that they have acquired or things that they want to acquire are going to change the circumstances of their emotional, physical, and spiritual condition. And how many know that's not true? Many are in all the wrong places, having their thoughts, their feelings, and life in it for all the wrong reasons, and that's a fulfilling life without God. They say they recognize God. God recognized the man upstairs. They say they respect him, and yet they do not seek him the same way they seek other things in life. I'll give you an example. I can speak to someone, and uh, uh, let's say they want to fulfill a career. So they're, they're in school. They're studying hard. They, 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 I have to pass this final. I have to pass this bar exam. They're, they're in the books. I'm a Christian. They're in the books. How, how, how many hours have you read your Bible? The same way you're in those books. Pastor, you don't understand. I, I'm a gamer. I got to win this event, this tournament. You're on that game for four or five hours, but can't read your Bible for 20 minutes. Looking to fulfill things in your life that will not matter outside of God. And seeking those things, people experience many upsets, broken promises, broken hearts. They develop worry and anxiety. People get nervous for anything now. Coupled with grief and shame, the things people will do to get ahead. You won't believe the things people will do just to get ahead. So many people are looking for acceptance from others who do not even care for their lives, and yet they seek, and yet they pursue. They desire only to be crushed by the very hand of deception and leaving God in the pile of leftovers for what you have no other choice but to do and go back to him anyway. I can't tell you how many people they've come in where I work at. They say, man, this, this job is great. I, I love this job. And they'll, they'll put their all in, all in. They come in early. They leave late. I mean, they, they're like, you know, you ever heard brown nosing? No, they're brown necking. The whole thing is up there. And they're doing all this to gain acceptance. And then months later, you see them. I hate this job. All the stuff that I did for these people. I went above and beyond. I did all these things. And now they're upset. Now they're upset. Because they put their all. They put their trust, their hearts into something that will not suffice. But if they just gave the all to God and they worked for God and they did everything saying God is watching so I cannot blaspheme who he is through my life, God will give them the favor that they need, not man. God will give them the favor that they need, not man. See, I've been at my job a little over a year. And I went in as, 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 as a counter guy at my job. I'm a counter guy. And I remember reading the text to you guys from, 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 from a gentleman, a plumber that was an atheist. He said, You're, well, before you got there, the spirit of that place was completely, it was completely gone. When you got there, you changed the whole atmosphere. See, I, I work for God. I don't work for man. 
I understand that I'm sub- I submit to, to, to the boss there because my Bible tells me so. And so, but I work for God. And you know what? In three months, I got a raise. So I, I continue to work for God. And then after that, they offered me another raise three months after that to go work in a different position because, because I'm, I'm not there to satisfy people that I work for. I'm there to satisfy God and do God's work, and God blesses that. And you know what I, what I tell people sometimes? They'll be like, man, and, and they'll, they'll mention, man, you know, Bender, and, and, and they'll say all these wonderful things. I said, listen, this job didn't make me who I am. God did. I'm an asset here because I do everything for God. Amen. So we're invited to know, beloved, a freedom from worry and anxiety that comes from undue concern about material things. Listen, Jesus contrasted the life of those who do not know God and are separated from him with those who do know God and receive his loving care. Those who who know God shouldn't seek after other things. Your first and only concern is seek ye first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added unto you. Everything that you've been working so hard for without God has been a struggle for you to get. But if you just seek first the things of God, it's almost like you're a magnet for blessing. It just comes to you. It just like sticks to you. The truth is, beloved, we know what we need to do, but we decide not to do it because it goes against what we really want to do. Amen. James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. It's far easier to think about and talk about dependence on God than it is to actually live it. Amen. And as we know these things, we are accountable to do them. We also see that there is the uncertainty of life. How many know we've gone through many months of that? We're very uncertain sometimes alive, but you know what? We should not be uncertain about the God that we serve. Because the reality is, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow. Do you know that? But I know where I'm going if I do go. I'm certain about that. Amen. We also see that there's the uncertainty of life, and this should not create fear that makes one passive or inactive. The uncertainty of life should make us ready to recognize what is good and then do it. The uncertainty of life is not a cause either for fear or in action, it is always a reason for realizing our complete dependence on God. See, the Bible reminds us, it says to him, it is sin. People know what they need to do, but refuse to count on faith. And the Bible says, amen, plan to know what to do. For you to, for you to know what to do and not do it is sin. Beloved, it's time for you to get out of that wrong place in your life. Because what are you looking for? What is it that you're seeking after? You might be in the wrong place. It's, fine. it's time to get into the right place with God. And that is first seeking after him. I want to secondly speak about putting God first. The scripture plainly, plainly writes for us these very powerful words to help us understand that everything we desire will come when we desire God first. That means we need to put God first in everything that we do. Everything that we do. Whenever I had to change uh, occupation, I pray about it. Say, God, is this what you want me to do? 
Anytime I made a move with anything, I would pray about it. I wouldn't just move based on impulse. I wouldn't move based on emotion. I wouldn't move based on circumstances. I said, I need to pray about this. What I've learned, and when I've learned to love God better than my earthly, than my, than my earthly things, things began to change. One reason we are so hurried and hurried is that we make yesterday and our tomorrow our business, as opposed to just right now. If we really have too much to do, there are some items on, items on the agenda which God did not put there. Think about this for a second. Why is your agenda so full with the things that don't concern God? Have you ever thought about that? How many people say, man, I can't go to church today because I got laundry to do? How many have heard that? Oh, I got to go grocery shopping. Like it takes up the whole day. Grocery shopping should take us literally about an hour or two, if that, depending on weather. Unless you're buying like a $20,000 worth of stuff, right? Some of us, it's 20 minutes. My wife and I, we're in and out 20 minutes. We, we run down at Walmart, but <laughs> everything in the cart, we're out of here. We need to submit our list to him and ask him to indicate which items we must delete from our list. There's always time to do the will of God. If we're too busy to do that, then we're too busy. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and this is a very powerful yet sobering statement. People place so many things before God, and to no avail, never fulfill their purpose in life. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And God is just there waiting. They never prioritize their lives, yet they they live for the wrong things. When we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place. Or those things that God doesn't want, they will drop out of our lives. Our love of the Lord will govern the claims of our affection, the demands of our time, the interests we pursue, and the order of our priorities. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. This must be the rule of our life when ordering our priorities. People say, you know what? Uh, sometimes I baffle. Right? Because they, they know I'm a pastor and they say, you know what? When I speak to some people, they say, Pastor, I'm so busy. You know, I got, I got a family and I'm looking like, okay. Like I don't. Come on, somebody listen to me. There, there, there's, there's people, you know, listen. I remember one time we, 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 we left our house for a revival service. And my wife will remember this. All four of our tires got flat. Right before service. Somebody slashed all four of our tires. We don't know why. doesn't matter to us at this point. But we, we, and, and we came out and we, we got all of our kids with us too. You know, to have all these kids and, and, and four flat tires. And we got to get the service. I didn't call my pastor and say, Pastor, I can't make it to service today. We got four flat tires. You know what we did? Either we, we called the brother in the church or we called the cab or we walked to service. Prioritizing. Pastor, you're extreme. Listen, I was extreme for my sin. And so, yes, I am extreme for God. 
Because I, we seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. This must be the first, this, this must be the rule of our lives. Yet it is wrong to think that this is just another priority to fit into our list of priorities and to put on the top of the list. Instead, in everything we do, we first seek the kingdom of God. You know, we rarely have to choose between honoring God and loving our spouses or being good workers. You know why? We honor God and seek first the kingdom of God by being good spouses and being good workers. Amen. We should also remember this statement. It is immediate in, in its immediate context. Jesus reminds us that our physical well-being is not a worthy object to devote our lives to. That's why I hardly go to the gym anymore. If you think it is worthy that your God is mammon, then your life is cursed with worry. Listen to me this morning. There are so many people that fear the light company, that fear their credit cards, that fear everything else but God. If your life consists if your God is mammon, in other words, money, then your life is cursed with worry. And you will live life too much like an animal concerned with mostly with physical needs as opposed to what God can do spiritually. See, Jesus, Jesus didn't just tell them to stop worrying. He told them to replace worry with a concern for the kingdom of God. A habit or a passion can only be given up for a greater habit or a passion. You know, before I got saved, you know, my wife will agree. She'll, she'll tell you, you know what my passion was? To get rich. I had all the resources. I was already signed to a label. You know, I had a clothing line. I had all these things. My, my desire was for rich, to get rich. That was my desire. And when I got saved, that passion to be rich for money has now transpired into a richness for righteousness for the things of God. Many people worry about the things of this world only to strip themselves of the purpose that God has for their lives. What this verse demands is therefore commitment to find and to do the will of God, to ally oneself totally with this purpose, and this commitment must come first. There must be a solid and unwavering decision to say, God, you and only your kingdom matter. Everything else will fall into its place once I put you first. All these things shall be added unto you, the Bible says. If you put God's kingdom first and do not think that your physical well-being is a worthy object to live for, then you will be able to enjoy everything you get. You'll be able to enjoy it. He promises so many better things, right? He promises heavenly treasure. He promises rest and a divine provision and fulfillment of God's highest purpose for man, fellowship with him. And being part of his kingdom is wonderful, knowing that you're part of a family of God. Nothing you do in this life will by any means be in any comparison or will it take its place of what God has planned for your life? There are so many people that are depressed, they are stressed, they're filled with anxiety, and they're home right now, twiddling their thumbs, thinking about tomorrow, because they're missing their purpose now for God. Let 
And you have to make a choice. And there's no default. You either will serve God or you won't serve God. There's no in between. There's no in between. The ch this choice to seek first the kingdom of God is the fundamental choice everyone makes when they first repent and are converted. Yet every day after that, our Christian life will either reinforce it, that decision or it will deny that decision. You know, people can pray. Listen, I've, I've had this. People can pray every service. But it's easy to be a Christian in the house of God. You're amongst those that are in the same direction that you're going. You're amongst those that are encouraging your decision. It's easy once you're in here. But every decision you make outside of this building is either going to reinforce your decision or you're going to deny the decision you just made. So if you seek first the kingdom of God, if you put him before everything else, everything else will fall into place. The career will come, right? The blessings will come. Family members will come. Everything will come into place if you seek first the kingdom of God. I want to lastly speak about the true treasure, what Jesus did for us. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46 says this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, one fi who, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and brought it. People that read this scripture, they very much miss the concept of what just happened here. And I want to just break this down for you a little bit. Because this is going to help you understand why we are so zealous on seeking first the kingdom of God. See, when you look for this, for this treasure, you'll find it. The Bible tells us to seek after him while he still may be found. Think of the joy that comes along with finding this wonderful treasure in Christ. Right? You find acceptance. People who sincerely love you. Right? There's no hidden agenda behind what we're doing. People are really praying for you. People correct you when you need correction, not worrying about any retaliation because you know it's out of love. You know, this is what we need in life. We need people to be real about things, don't we? But there are some people that we know that outside of things of God, you know, you can't trust them across the street. Amen. They'll smile in your face and stab you right in the back at the same time. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. The field is the world. But the man does not represent the believer because we have nothing to buy this treasure with. Instead, this man is Jesus. Think about this for a second. Jesus is the man who gave all that he had to buy the field. Jesus gave up everything for you and I. Think of what's going on here. Jesus sees us. Why, did anyone, why didn't anybody else purchase the field? It isn't like it was hidden. It was there. You know why? Because everybody looked at the field saying that field has no value. How many of you heard? I know I've heard it in my life. You have no value. Come on, y'all. 
People have told you things that have hurt you. People have reminded you of all the failures you had in your life. The world or the people of it said, you know what, you had no value. But here's Jesus that saw us. He sees the field. Because no one thought us to be treasured, Jesus did. And what happened was Jesus laid down his life to buy the field. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. The treasure is so wonderful that Jesus would give all to purchase, which is the individual believer, you and I this morning. This powerfully shows how Jesus gave everything to redeem the whole world, to preserve a treasure in it. And the treasure is his people. The treasure, beloved, is you. The treasure is what he died for, the purchase, which makes you and I a value, a pearl of great price. So that Jesus himself at the utmost cost by the world to gain his church, which was the treasure which he desired. The Bible also says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Again, Jesus is the buyer and the individual believer is the pearl that he sees and so values. He would happily give all to have it forever. Just think about that, him dying on that cross and him taking that brutal beating and all the crazy, just to have you. But nobody else wanted us, but Jesus said, I want you. Not only now, I want you with me forever. God's love is so great that we as mere humans cannot fully understand it. Humans love one another often depends at least partly on the behavior of that person. And you and I know that's true. But God loves us because he just loves us. It seems crazy for a merchant to sell all that he had just one pearl. But for this merchant, for Jesus, you were all worth it. And that shows how much he valued this pearl of great price and how much Jesus values you. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Jesus has width. You can see how wide a river is by noticing how much it covers. God's river of love is so wide that it, co it covers over your sin. It also has length. When considering the length of God's love, ask yourself, when did the love of God start towards me? How long would it continue? These truths measure the length of God's love. And Jeremiah 31.3 says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. It has depth as well. You know, Jesus' love for you is so deep that he died for it. In the height. To see the height of God's love, ask yourself, how high does it lift me? It lifts me to heavenly places where I am seated with Christ. See, we, can we really comprehend all these things? Have you ever noticed that the width, the length, the depth, and the height all point in all corners of the earth? 
Have you ever noticed that that term also symbolizes the cross? The cross pointed all four ways. North, south, east, west, essentially every direction. Did you ever notice that? And the reason it does that because God's love is wide enough to include every person. It is long enough to last through all eternity. God's love is deep enough to reach the worst sinner. God's love is high enough to take us even to heaven. See, if Jesus, if Jesus Christ can do all this, there's no reason to continue to look for something that can only be found in him. So what is it that you're really looking for? Beloved, would you stop looking in all the wrong places? When the right place is in Christ and Christ alone? Would you make a decision this morning to seek ye first the kingdom of God? So all these things would be added unto you. Everything that you desire. But the thing that you desire the most is freedom. Freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from worry, freedom from doubt, freedom from neglect, freedom from being rejected. All these things God will cover you from because you'll have all these things in Jesus. Would you make that decision this morning to stop fighting God because he's undisputed? You know he never lost. You keep on fighting, you're going to keep on suffering. But when you surrender, God would accept and lift you up. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed up in respect to your neighbor this morning. What are you looking for?